0: Hey there, and happy Friday the Thirteenth. My name's Alyssa Canova, and welcome to Freaks and Shrieks. This is a podcast where every week I'm gonna watch two movies, two horror movies that I haven't seen before, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, movies I haven't seen before that share a common theme. Um, and this week, uh, the theme is family road trip. Ooh. Uh, both of the films involve a family in an RV venturing out into the desert um, and getting stranded there, but they face more than just the threat of the elements. Um, but do y'all have any guesses as to what the movies are this week? Um, I will reveal them after I introduce myself. Um, like I said, my name is Alyssa. I'm 25. I live in Manhattan. I am starting my last semester of law school this coming Tuesday. I have a Shih Tzu puppy named Lucy. If you hear the tiny tippy tapping of little claws on uh, wood flooring, that would be her. Um, She is the light of my life. But the thing about her is she hates to see other dogs and small animals on television. And I don't know why because she's fine with dogs in real life. But she gets very territorial for some reason. And both of the films this week involve um, pet dogs. So it was a very stressful time for us. Uh, But I digress. Um, I've loved horror movies and watched horror movies my entire life. And I recently discovered that it's kind of the only thing I've ever been passionate about is watching horror movies and then telling people about horror movies. Um, and so that's exactly what this what this is. Um, I'm basically gonna run down the plots of these movies and share my opinions. Um If you're squeamish about like gore and stuff, this might not be for you. I mean, I'm not really gonna dwell or dwell on the gore or like relish in it or anything, but I mean it's an important part of the horror movie experience, and so if that's not cool with you, maybe tune out. Um, And this is just meant to be a fun distraction from my life, which for the foreseeable future includes graduating from law school and passing the bar exam. Um, And so I'm hoping that this podcast will be very unserious. Please do not take me seriously. But also, if you like what I hear, I hope you'll subscribe on whatever platform you have access to. And also, leave me a review and whatnot. Um, And if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I'll share my handles and everything at the end um, and also put them in the um, show description or whatever. Um, also I wanted to shout out the artist and creator of, um, my cover art for the podcast. Is it not so cute? I'm literally obsessed with it. It is my vision come to life. Um, their name is Rin. They're a friend of mine from college and I really loved working with them on this. Um, if you want to go give them a follow on Instagram, they're at Chantilly cake with two K's. Um, I'll also tag them on Instagram and put their handle in the show notes as well. Okay, so let's get into the films this week. This week I watched The Hills Have Eyes from 2006 and The Toy Box from 2018. And I definitely found The Hills Have Eyes to be a lot more compelling, just mostly because of the pacing of the story and the performances. Um, The Toy Box was pretty bad. Um, but let's get into the Hills Have Eyes first. Uh, this came out in 2006 and it's a movie that I've always heard of, but never really knew what it was about. Um, it was originally written by Wes Craven and, um, the first, the original Hills Have Eyes came out in 1977, which I'd never heard of before. So that's one that I'm interested in checking out in the future. Um, <clears throat> but this version, we just start with a black screen with text over it kind of explaining that the U.S. conducted a bunch of, like, atmospheric nuclear weapons testings and the effects of the fallout um, and are still, like, unknown, like, the the extent to which they devastated the surrounding areas or whatever. But the, the, this title card is, like, pretty much unnecessary because they kind of explain it in other ways throughout the rest of the movie but whatever I guess that's like our primer for this but then we see like these dudes in biohazard suits with like metal detectors which they obviously aren't metal detectors because they're I I don't think they're looking for metal they're looking for like biohazard whatever they're in the desert and they they're like checking out stuff, but then they suddenly get attacked by someone that kind of looks like a zombie who kills them all with a pickaxe and then chains them to the back of the pickup truck and drives away, like dragging the dead bodies behind them. And then we cut to, like, nuclear bomb footage interspersed with uh, footage of children with birth defects. This movie definitely relies as a crutch, like, the idea that you're going to find, like, people with birth defects to just be, like, inherently gross and scary, which I'm not really um, cool with. (laughs) So take most of this with a grain of salt. But anyway... We're getting into like the actual storyline now so we we open at like an abandoned gas station and the gas station clerk is walking around the property in the middle of the desert he's got a shotgun he's yelling out for someone named ruby he shouts into like an old mine shaft and then he can't find whoever it is so he goes back inside and he brings this duffel bag with him and in the duffel bag there's like a bunch of jewelry an old video camera and a severed ear in like one of those styrofoam um like clam Shell to go containers, a severed ear with like 10 piercings on it. Um, but anyway, outside of the family drives up with uh their car, and it's like a like it's not a minivan, but it's like a bigger car, and they're dragging the trailer behind it. Um, and I will now tell you who is in this family and also their notable IMDb credits. Um, the mother. I, I don't really know who she is. Um, but the father is uh they call him Big Bob and he's paid played by Ted Levine, which is the guy who played Buffalo Bill, aka um James Gum in Silence of the Lambs. So that was pretty cool. I didn't know he was such a scream king, but um, he plays like a really hot dad with a, a great mustache in this film. So that was fun to see. Um, and then Bobby, the young son, he's like a teenager. He's played by Dan Bird, which is the guy who was in Easy A, the gay guy from Easy A, and the friend from A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff. You know him. You love him. And then B, the younger sister, is played by Emily DeRaven, Um. Uh she was in that movie with Robert pattinson it It wasn't a good one, so I don't even remember the name of it M- moving on and then Lynn uh the older sister is played by Vanessa Shaw, and she was the girl who was in hocus Pocus, not the little girl but the the teenage girl with the really shiny hair um yeah, so she's in this, which is also very cool, I think and then her husband is there um his name is Doug. And then they have their uh, baby, like a newborn baby named Catherine. And then they have two German Shepherd Shepherd dogs and they're named Beauty and Beast. And then inside the trailer, they also have two green caged birds. So they really uh, packed up the whole family for this trip. Um, But while they're, like, at this gas station, B finds this pig tied up outside, and then Bobby, like, reluctantly goes into this old outhouse to pee, and Big Bob and the gas station guy are, like, tinkering under the hood for God knows what reason, and Lynn is looking for one of the dogs in the store, and she finds her in the office, and the gas station guy, like, gives her a good old jump scare um but then they basically just like pack up and get ready to go out but before they do the gas station guy is like hey by the way you should take this shortcut the next left it's not on the map but it'll get you where you want to go like way quicker so they do and obviously that was a bad move um the brother and like the little brother and his brother-in-law doug they're in the trailer hanging out doug lights up a cigarette Little brother is like, hey, does my sister know you're smoking again? And he's like, fuck your sister. And at this point, I really hoped he was going to die. But spoiler alert, he does not. Um, But the rest of the family is just hanging out in the truck. Um, But then suddenly, my dog is making so much noise right now. Hi, I see you. Um, We see uh, like a row of spikes like across the asphalt um, in the middle of the road. And the um truck drives over it and it like causes the tires to pop and they spin out and they crash. Um and then we see the spikes get like pulled away from the road by somebody like super quickly. Um and everyone gets out, the dogs start running away, um, but once the chaos settles, Big Bob uh takes out the guns that they are packing. They have like three guns for some reason. Um Doug refuses to shoot a gun, but he has no qualms with checking out his uh, young sister-in-law while she's tanning. But anyway, the family decides that Big Bob and Doug are each going to leave to try and find help, and they all join in a wholesome little prayer circle, and then there's a really dramatic pan out where it reveals that the family is being watched by someone from behind a pair of binoculars, which begs the question why this movie was not called the hills have binoculars. Um, so then we have this like really cute mother daughter picnic moment, which totally passes the Bechdel test because, um, the, the mom is like, you really shouldn't give her a bottle. And the sister is like, uh, don't tell me how to feed my baby. And then, B says she can't wait to be in California for the chronic. And the mom is like, what is the chronic? Um, But then one of the dogs get loose again. So Bobby has to chase him down. Um, But but what Bobby can't see is that he's being watched by the same guy that like had the spikes. Like he has them like draped across his chest like they're ammo. But they're like the spikes that he used to crash their car. Um, And there's also like a little girl running around in a red hoodie. But Bobby like he's trying to find the dog. Oh, my God. And my dog is literally crying right now but Bobby hears uh his dog like whimper and die and then he goes and finds him dead and he's already like disemboweled and he starts crying and he slips and he falls backward and he hits his head on a rock and he gets knocked out and um as he's like knocked out the little girl in the red hoodie is like crouching down looking at him And on like a rock above, a guy in a hat is eating the dog's leg like it's a chicken leg, like it's a drumstick. It's so gross. So we cut to Doug is like walking alone. He finds like a valley of like abandoned vehicles, like a ton of vehicles just abandoned. And he treats it like a gift shop. He's like, look at all the cool shit I can find. Um, not seeming to notice like the ominous uh, blood splatters on the car doors or like the squawking crows. um. But then we cut to Big Bob and he is back at the gas station where they had we had started the movie. And he's walking around and he can't find anybody, so he grabs some water, leaves some cash at the register, and he's trying to find the gas station attendant. He goes into his office. And he sees that duffel bag with, like, all his booty, including that ear. And he's like, oh, shit. And he draws his gun. And then he discovers, like, a wall full of, like, newspaper clippings about, like, the nuclear testing and the fallout. And he runs out to his car, but it won't start. And then he sees, like, just ahead, there's, like, a pair of shoes sticking out of the outhouse. And he approaches it, and he opens, and he sees the the guy, the gas station attendant. He's, like, babbling drunk. He has a bottle of Jack in one hand and a shotgun in the other. And he shoots his own head off right in front of Big Bob. And Big Bob, like, backs away. And he hears someone in the distance whispering, Daddy. And he he shoots into the dark, and he makes his way back to the car, and there's someone waiting for him in the backseat, seat, Zombie Land style, and he get, immediately gets his head like smashed into the window, and then we see him being like dragged away on like a little rolly cart with like his hand dragging on the ground. Um, But then back in the desert, Bobby is still, like, laying unconscious, being watched over by the little girl in the red hoodie. And we hear B like, shouting, looking for him. And then they find him. They bring him back to the trailer. But he doesn't mention that one of the dogs has died. Um, And then Doug shows back up to the trailer. And he, like, shows off his loot. He, like, gives his baby, like, a little toy. And he gives his sister-in-law some bullshit. I don't know. Um And then we see a shot of like one of the dogs beast. He finds the other dead dog in the desert, which I think definitely like kickstarts his uh, uh, vengeance arc. Um, But anyway, Doug and his wife decide they're going to sleep in the car. Um, They leave the baby in the trailer in some bassinet, I guess. Um, And Bobby is still like really freaked out. He hears one of his dogs barking outside. He goes out to find them. But back in the trailer, B is like all alone, but the baby is like across the across the trailer in a bassinet somewhere. Um and we see that someone is like watching over B as she's sleeping. And trigger warning, it um for sexual assault, it does get a little dicey here in a minute um he slowly like takes her blankets off and he like starts to strangle her as she wakes up but then he detonates a bomb by pressing a button on a walkie-talkie um and something in the distance like explodes into flames and then close up we see that it's big bob and he's like being burned at the stake um and this is like a big diversion like everyone flocks to go see him and try to like Um, extinguish the fire and get him down but they can't and they just have to like watch him die um, which sucks but then back in the trailer like there are two guys and I'm gonna call them like the hill people I guess Um, there's two like hill people in the trailer with B and one of them is just like holding her down the other one is just like tearing things up like raiding the fridge and then they see the bird cage and, okay, this is gross. They take one of the birds and rips its head off and then, like, drinks its blood. And it's the grossest thing I've ever seen. Um, but eventually, like, everyone hears bees screaming in the trailer. So they come back and, like, the older sister, Lynn, she's, like, the first one to enter um, but then one of the Hill people is holding her baby and without thinking, she just whacks him across the face with a frying pan, which seems so stupid because he's holding her baby, but the ba- I guess the baby was fine. He falls over. The baby is fine. Um, I questioned those instincts, but whatever. He points a gun at the baby's head. And but then he like starts touching Lynn's face and like ripping open her shirt and then really gross. He starts sucking on her breasts. And then the mother walks in and she immediately gets shot in the abdomen by the guy who's holding the baby. And then Lynn stabs him with a screwdriver, after which she promptly gets shot in the head. And then Doug enters the trailer and he's like holding his wife as she dies. But the baby is gone. The baby is missing. Um meanwhile, uh the guy that was eating Beauty's leg like a chicken wing, he gets his shit absolutely rocked by beast. Like he's like, Yeah, I'm coming for you. He tears on his neck and kills him. Um, but Bee's just in the trailer, like shaking and crying, and her mom is like slowly dying on the couch while she's like talking to her son in law. And Bee is freaking out. She's like, he said he was coming back for me, and then suddenly the trailer loses power. And they like hear someone outside and Bobby shoots through the RV door and he and Doug like slowly exit and they see like a severed arm outside with a walkie talkie still in the hand. And over the walkie talkie, we hear someone say, I told you, you've got to kill them all and Jupiter's coming to finish them off. And Doug shouts into the walkie talkie. He's like, give me back my baby. What do you want? And then we hear the baby crying over the walkie talkie. And then Doug asks Bobby how many bullets they have left. And then it's a fade out, fade into sunrise. Doug has Beast on a leash and is carrying a baseball bat. He, I guess he's still anti-gun. I don't know. He's running towards the hills and he runs into a mine shaft. Um, and Beast is like leading him through the cave. And they exit into an area that's like overlooking this ghost town with like dozens of houses. And he starts wandering around this little town and there's a ton of mannequins everywhere decorated to look like white nuclear families from the 1950s. And there's a billboard which reads like Testville, USA. And so he's moving through this town and he eventually finds a house with a big ass generator, which appears to be like powering where all like, or at least a few of the hill people are living. And he looks under the window and he sees his baby. But there's a guy nearby who's like wearing a neck brace and dragging a dead body behind him. So he hides in a car nearby with the dog. Um, And then after the coast is clear, he goes into the house, but the dog stays behind. And he's creeping through the house. There's just this very normal looking old woman. Like she's just like old and bald. And she's just sitting there rocking in a chair while she's like combing out this wig attached to a mannequin's head. Not something that I don't that I think would be creepy out of context. So I don't really know. I, I don't get it. Anyway, um, Doug like gets the baby, but then suddenly there's uh, he gets attacked. It's very confusing. There's like slicing sounds and a bunch of jump cuts, and then it's like, oh shit, what happened? And so then we're back at the trailer. B is trying to make a smoke signal by burning a rubber tire. And Bobby is constructing an alarm system with like a fishing wire and a baby toy like hoisted up onto a car antenna. And they carry the bodies of their mother and their sister back into like the family car, like just to lay them uh, out of the sun. Um, And then they share like a very tender moment, like they fight together and then they cry together. Um, But then back at Doug, we see him, he comes to and he's like crouched in this box, what appears to be like a freezer, like the kind that you like keep in the garage that opens from the top. Um, And he's surrounded by like all kinds of severed limbs and he's freaking out and he's banging around. Um, And when he finally breaks free, um, we see the dog simultaneously like break through the like floorboards of the car where they were hiding out Um, and Doug somehow has a baseball bat again or still and he's back and he's creeping through one of the houses and we see Big Bob's severed head with an American flag sticking out of the top of it like a like one of those little American flags you get at parades like it it had been like turned into a shiv at the bottom and stabbed through his head And we hear like this old raspy voice singing the national anthem. And they're just really beating you over the head with the symbolism. Like, in case you didn't get it, America is bad. Um, And in another room, we hear a man with like this like bloated neck and like giant head. And he's like sitting back in this like wheelchair. And he starts monologuing and he's like, your people asked our families to leave and destroyed our homes and set off bombs while we were in the mines. And he's like explaining what went down. And then he starts laughing and he says, It's breakfast time. At which point, an axe wielding dude busts into the room. But the dog takes him out. Beast fucks him up, bites him in the neck, takes care of him. And Doug is like barricading himself in the bathroom. And he like drags the clawfoot tub in front of the door. And the guy doesn't care. He busts straight through the wall anyway didn't need a door i don't think these houses are real so i don't think it was that hard for him but anyway like a, a long scuffle ensues but it ends with doug taking that flag that was in big bob's head and putting it through the neck of this guy and then um the guy with the neck brace he's outside he axes him as well he found he found an axe at some point um But then the guy in the wheelchair, he talks into the walkie-talkie, and he says, kill the baby. There's What I don't understand is, like, these people are supposed to be cannibals, but they also just have a lot of um, vendetta. Like, I don't know what they want to do with the baby, if they want to use the baby as a pawn, if they want to raise the baby, and they don't really seem to know what they want to do either. And, like, the whole thing with the like they never explain why the radiation has made them cannibals and they kind of make it seem like they're cannibals like for revenge so i don't really get it i don't know i some if someone could explain it to me i would like that but anyway he says into the walkie-talkie kill the baby um after which beast just like rips into him and then we still don't know where the baby is but somewhere the girl in the red hoodie is like in a dark room smiling down at the baby and then like one of the scary guys grabs a meat cleaver and is like baby and it tells the girl like get away and then we see that it's actually just the pig from the beginning um so i don't know we don't really know where the baby is it's they're 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 playing hide the baby um but then like they had to give us one more creepy scene which after the bird thing i was good like i was like i get it i'm set But no, like Doug enters this room and there's just these two little hill people children and they're just like, mister, would you play with us? And I'm not sure like if they just really thought that that would be scary or if they were just doing a very clunky like homage to Stephen King. But either way, it was lazy and it made no sense in the context. But anyway, back at the trailer, the, like, rig that Bobby had made, like, he had rigged up this alarm system. And so, like, the baby toy starts, like, moving, indicating that someone has, like, crossed the wire into, like, the area that they wired off. And so they go to see who it is, but then they see that it's just a tumbleweed. Um, and so then when they go back, like, towards the trailer and the car, they see that their mother's body isn't in the car anymore. And then they follow the trail of blood to see that her body is being eaten, um, and B is back in the trailer and she's open up, opening up like cans of aerosol or something—I don't know. She's preparing to blow it up, and I can tell. I just don't know what she's actually doing, you know. Um, but the guy that has the mother's body, he like throws an axe at Bobby. And then another guy is like at the trailer and he busts through the window and he like grabs B's arm. But then Bobby like gets him and like, tie, like chains him to the window. And then they, they go out through the back window and then they watch the entire thing blow up. Um, so then we cut back to Doug and he's running through the desert and he runs into the little girl with the red hoodie. And she has the baby and she hands over the, she's starting to hand over the baby. But then the guy that had like the spikes across his chest, he like drops down from the rocks above and he like tussles with Doug. Um, But the little girl like kicks the guy in the face and then like Doug like hits him with the gun and then shoots him. And then we hear like super triumphant music followed by super tender music. And then Ruby hands over the baby And then just as the bad guy is, like, coming to for one last scare, um, Ruby just, like, tackles him right off a cliff. And then, like, Doug looks over and sees their, like, motionless bloody bodies on, like, a rocky cliff below. And then back at the exploded trailer, B puts an axe in the guy of one of the guys they had just exploded just for good measure, you know and they limp away and then like the family reunites B and Bobby and Doug and the baby and the dog and it's so beautiful and triumphant and they're all hugging and then we zoom out and what do we see but they're being watched with another pair of binoculars what so i will say that i didn't hate this movie i pretty much enjoyed it um i wouldn't uh i wouldn't say it really holds my dog is desperate for my attention right now. Really interested to see what the original uh one from 77 is like, but um yeah, I don't know, take it or leave it. But <laughs> I felt like the family dynamic was at least um pretty believable. Though um Doug was really a dick. I I did I really didn't think he was going to make it to the end considering his attitude and behavior, but um I guess that's fine. Um, So yeah, I love a horror movie that ends with a little bit of dread, especially if the performances are actually like believable and compelling, which I felt like this definitely had. I mean, the story and the plot were a little bit, um, eh, but, um, I didn't hate it. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I did not hate it. That is for sure. This next one, I will say, I'm pretty sure I did hate it, (laughs) um, 2018 the toy box um notably denise richards stars in this movie she is so beautiful um i wish she could say i wish i could say she was talented but you know she's just so beautiful so anyway we see some bloody polaroids blood dripping down the drain like a bloody gutsy knife we see, you know, in the Polaroids, it's all pictures of women in their underwear with like cocked back heads and like open mouthed expressions. And like we see crime scene tape and the guy in gloves is like scrubbing the floor and then pulling like a chunk of hair out of the drain and fishnets and scabby knees type vibe. And then we cut to like a dark street and a kid on a bicycle rides past an RV parked on the street and the door suddenly opens, um, and the kid skids to a stop, uh, approaches the door, and he looks back before, like, shouting, hello, inside, and he goes in, and a force, like, pulls him back in, and he's, like, banging and screaming, and lights are flashing, and the whole RV is shaking, and it's like it ate him, and then we see the title sequence, the toy box. Um But yeah, so getting the vibe that it's very much like a monster house on wheels type situation. Um, But now it's the daylight again. There's fun music and the family is loading up the RV. We have the husband, Steve. Um, We have Denise Richards' character whose name I do not remember. Not even sure if she had one. I'm just going to call her Denise. Um, They have a young daughter named Olivia. And then... um, the dad of the husband the dad grandpa pop I think his name is Charles um, and then uh, Steve's stoner brother named Jay um, and they're just waiting on Jay to finish a joint outside and then um, this woman in like a red car approaches and she's like asking for her son she's hasn't seen him she's super frantic and she's obviously like looking for the boy that died at the beginning of the movie um but the family now they're just driving along the road through the desert they're singing it's so beautiful they but then they roll over a dead possum and we just see a beautiful shot of its guts um but no one seems to care except my dog my dog definitely barked at that um she did not like it and neither did i um but then like steve um and the dad are like having a conversation like oh mom would have loved this like obviously alluding to the fact that she's dead um and then denise like says that the ac is only blowing hot air and they can't seem to fix it and they can't open the windows and they're all stuck um the radio starts like going haywire and then like the little girl is like they finally are able to open just one of the windows and little girls hanging out but like her fingers are resting on the ledge and it's like slowly creeping closed and then she suddenly moves and the window shuts like so quickly um and then like the tv's broken like nothing in this freaking shithole works um and they're i don't know like where they're going but someone says that they're excited to see the cave paintings and that some of them go back to prehistoric times which begs the question when the other cave paintings go back to like the 1980s, maybe I don't know, um, but there's like lots of tension between the two brothers, like Steve and the and this donor brother Jay. Um, their mom died in the past year, um, but the the dad he pulls over the RV to help out. Um, because they see a car that's just parked on the side of the road. And it doesn't seem like there's anyone there, but when they approach, they meet a brother and a sister, and they say that they blew a gasket and they have no service. They don't seem at all interested in getting help, but reluctantly they um, accept the offer um, to be taken to the next town. And I mean... I don't have a lot of experiences with RVs, but I'm pretty sure you can't, like, there's no running water until you're parked and, like, hooked up to shit, right? Like, but anyway, they're driving down the road, and the sink is running, but then the sink, like, fills up with blood, and the the sister from the from the car her name is Samantha she's like reaches in and she pulls out a bunch of like hair with blood on the end of it um but when her brother comes in to check on her like the sink is totally empty and also the brother was very quick to just come in and check on his sister in the bathroom like without even knocking it was very odd I don't this movie is weird that like none of the characters have any chemistry in any normal way um but anyway they're driving down the road um the Steve's like in the passenger seat he pulls out He's going to pull a map out of the glove box, but he pulls out this like little cryptic piece of paper and this ominous music plays, but we don't really know what it means yet. Um, um, and then Denise is like back in the kitchen and she's slicing apples. She cannot get out of the kitchen cutting things. Like, I don't know why she insists on using a knife in a moving vehicle, but she surely does. Um, but then the RV like suddenly starts speeding up and the brakes aren't working And Jay, like, hits his head on the microwave and Mark, the brother from before, from the side of the road, he, like, breaks his neck on the counter. And when they finally, like, crash and come to a stop, Jay, like, was this close to getting a knife in his face. Um, And then they, like, all just watch Mark slowly die from breaking his neck on the counter. Um, And then they put him out in the middle of a field and they cover him over with a blanket Um, and the dog runs away. (laughs) And then, so Samantha is like, her brother just died. She's inside. She's like forlornly looking out the window. And then we see like an image of like a really creepy guy with his tongue out, like appear like right behind her. And then he like touches her and she can feel him, but he's not there. And she runs out and she's like, he touched me. Um, and then like, she picks a fight with Charlie and she's like, you're the reason my brother died. Um, And then we see the little girl, Olivia, she's just like coloring in the dirt. Um, And Denise like goes inside to get some water, but everything in the fridge inside this RV um, is just disgusting. Um, And the TV is like fuzzy and there's an image of a ghost with a busted open head. And then now we see Olivia has drawn a picture of a scary black monster with red eyes because if nothing scary is happening, a child has to draw a scary picture, I guess. I don't like she just saw someone die. I don't think she would be colouring about it, but that's just me. Um Anyway, Denise like picks a fight with her husband too. She's like, You need to be a fucking man and save this family. Look at these horrifying photos your daughter is drawing. Like, can't you see these are dire straits? Um But Jay and the sister Samantha they share a toke but then she like pops the hood because apparently she's a mechanic um but suddenly like the RV well I say suddenly I mean they did crash so but now the RV will not start and Charlie like sticks his hand into the the hood and is like oh what is this and even though there's no one turning the key and no one sitting in the driver's seat the ignition like suddenly turns over and the engine starts and Charlie gets his arm all sliced up Um, and then like, yeah, he's just, he's just all, he's just all sliced up and he's just like dealing with that pain and they can't really go anywhere. Um, and so like Samantha and the brothers are sitting outside, um, around a fire, like when it gets later into the day. Um, and then Samantha is like, I'll stay outside in the tent. And Jay is like, well, it's my tent, so I'm going to join you. And I'm just like, what is this dynamic? I don't know. But she sleeps with her jeans on, and then she goes to find a shrub to piss in. Um, and the wind starts picking up, and she hears, like, whispers in the wind. And then suddenly there's, like, an outline of a girl in a nightgown, and it appears closer and closer. And then she opens her mouth like the scream mask and then disappears. Um, and then Jay appears out of nowhere and asks if she's all right. And he's wearing a backwards baseball cl- cap, which means he was either sleeping in a backwards baseball cap or put it on before going to check on a woman who's screaming in the dark in the middle of the night. Um, but anyway... It's the next morning and Olivia is back coloring. Um, And there's just lots of disturbing jump cuts, including like an image of like a really scrawny dude soaked in blood um, inside the RV. Um, And then like Olivia wakes up from a dream. And then uh, Miss Mechanic Samantha, she's back tinkering in in the engine and she's wearing a crisp silk white blouse because what better thing to wear when you're, poking around in a rv that's 50 years old um jay is smoking a jay once again in case you forgot he is the stoner of this story um and steve uh brings a toolbox out to samantha and like they won like the second that both of these women are alone uh denise and samantha denise immediately is like are you married and it's very aggressive. I would not say that this movie passes the Bechdel test. I would say this movie sucks. Anyway, inside, um, Olivia's snooping around. She finds a doll on the floor, um, uh, like next to this little cabinet. And she opens it up. And in there, she finds like this old school jump rope. And she's super excited. And she asks her mom if she can use it. And the mom is like, yeah, only where I can see you. And then the mom like, lays back in a chair and closes her eyes (laughs) and Olivia is like jumping rope like behind the RV and then they're still trying to like get the engine going Jay is in the driver's seat and he's finally able to like turn over the ignition um but of course the RV suddenly goes in reverse um and it hits Olivia they try to like push it off of her to get her out but there's like no sign of her um and so yeah she's dead it wasn't graphic at all it was kind of like so not graphic in a way where I couldn't really understand what was happening and eventually like they like cover her over with a blanket but that really just means they just stick a blanket like underneath the back tire and I don't know it it was kind of confusing um but Steve like chokes out Jay because like he's stoned and he thinks he you know just killed his daughter and you know whatever it's yeah valid. And he comes inside and he like puts the bloody jump rope on the table. Um, and Denise is just like catatonic. She's just staring ahead intensely. Um, and then she starts being like, it's killing us. Everything in this camper is going to die. And then he like takes her to the back room and is just like, take a nap. And she said, but I don't want to be alone with the girl in the TV, which is like, okay, yeah, that's creepy, but she just lost her daughter. Like, I like I, that's enough. Like there doesn't also need to be like a creepy girl on a TV. I don't know. Um, but like her mouth is barely moving. She has like the tightest jaw that I've ever seen. She has the skinniest little chin you have ever seen. Um, and she's like, we're not going to make it. Um, but outside the rest of the group is like convening and they decide that Jay is going to go find a road and find help. Um, but inside Denise, she finds like the bloody nightgown of like the ghost girl in the TV and then the TV starts going fuzzy again, but now it's showing video of her from earlier from when her daughter died. Um, and she suddenly like can see her daughter outside the RV and she's like banging on the windows and no one can hear her. And then like. Someone comes up behind her and starts like choking her with the jump rope, and then like there's a really long strangling scene, um, which ends with her dead, and then her husband Steve finds her and like attempts a lot of CPR. And then, like, I guess they just like assume that she had choked herself to death. Um, and so then after this happens, um, after Steve has lost his daughter and his wife and samantha has lost her brother jay decides to start airing out the dirty laundry he has with his dad because apparently the dad left their mom and then she took him back but the dad never visited her in the hospital or went to the funeral and apparently it was because she was unfaithful and the little brother was always protected from this and he never knew and, you know, the dad, Charlie, is like, uh, he starts crying and he was like, I was too weak. And saying that, like, they had planned this trip knowing that she wasn't even going to be here for it. um, And it's just so weird that they're, like, airing out this dirty laundry and having this, like, emotional comeuppance. And it's, like, for why? Like, people are dying around y'all. Like, I to, and this, like, this stuff is so inconsequential. It doesn't make any sense. And then the dad is like, I was there for your graduation. I, you looked good in your plaid suit or something like that. And it was very much like that scene in the sixth sense um, with like Haley Joel Osment, where he was like, she wanted me to tell you, she saw you dance. If you know, you know, but it was, but with, with, with none of the emotional intensity and none of the context, it just, it, it was a catharsis that literally made no sense at all um but anyway back in the rv samantha notices these like polaroids on the floor of the rv and then they like realize they're of a dead person and then they like pull out this kitchen drawer and they shine this flashlight under the cupboard and then like steve sticks his hand like really deep back there and finds a bunch of stuff and there's like he perks his finger on something and he pulls it out and it's literally what just appears to be four kitchen knives taped together by duct tape. And then just like a bunch of Polaroids of a bunch of dead girls. And then finally a gun and all of the photos they realize were taken in the RV. And then there's a photo of a guy who they're like, is that the one who sold you the RV? And Charlie is like, absolutely not. But then the TV fuzzes. And now we see that guy from the photo Um, And he's, like, staring into the camera. But there's a girl, like, hanging by her wrists behind him. It's the nightgown girl. And he's, like, dancing around her in the creepiest way possible. And there's, like, shots of him slapping her. And he's, like, doing this thing with his arms. He literally looks like he's doing the creep from that Lonely Island song. And (laughs) he's got this, like, fucked up hair piece and these, like, old, like, Jeffrey Dahmer style glasses oh my god um and then like they look at the registration again and they're like the name of the guy who owns who owned this rv was this famous serial killer and they name him but i i don't remember what they said his name was but they're like he was a serial killer and then jay is like we're in his goddamn toy box and it's like oh shit that's the title um, but it also, it just doesn't make any sense. Like these, I mean, Samantha is there, but it's also, it's mostly just these dudes being like, oh no, we're at the mercy of this serial killer when it's like this guy had obviously targeted women in his life. So it doesn't make sense that he's using his RV to just like kill randos. I don't know. I just, it just doesn't make It just doesn't add up. It just does not add up. Um... But basically, eventually the RV like rocks back so hard that Jay's like neck falls right on that little um, four pronged trident knife thing, a quadrant. I don't know. He like falls on it dead um, right through the neck. Um, But then Charlie, he gets locked out of the RV altogether And then the RV is like chasing him down. And somehow this man is like out running the RV in the desert. And then it looks like the RV finally gets him, but it's not, it's a fake out. And then we see him tapping out the window and then Steve takes a gun and he tries to like shoot out the window because they just can't get him in. They can't get him out. Um, but the gun of course, isn't working. And so Charlie decides that he's going to venture out into the desert. Um, but then he, um, his arms start like shaking uncontrollably and his, he like raises his arm and he like raises the gun and points it out the window. Um, but then like we see that the creep is like actually like controlling his arms, um, and points the gun right out the window and shoots his dad like right down, right in the head. Like this man had aim. Um, and then like, He's freaking out, obviously, and Samantha is like, it's not your fault, and she's, like, begging him to put the gun down, but then, like, quickly, like, all the people he's lost, like, flash before his eyes, and he shoots himself in the mouth, and so Samantha, like, empties the chamber, and she's like, why would you leave me here, and she, like, curls up, and she cries, and then she wakes up, perhaps the next day, perhaps days later, I don't know, she spends a lot of time in this RV trying to bust out, she, like, rips off her nail trying to open the window she's like banging on the steering wheel she's eating vegetables out of a can she keeps like hearing this like creepy wind and like noises and footsteps um and then like everything starts moving around and then you see the killer guy in the hallway and he's scalping one of his victims because just wasn't enough all the other shit he was doing um And then like and then it's like Samantha wakes up from a dream and it's dark out and she's like holding her knife and she's walking through the RV and the lights start flickering and then like he's standing right behind her and then he tackles her and he strangles her and he like punches her across the face and she's like knocked out and he drags her away. And she comes to, and she slices him across the, or she tries to slice him, but then she, like, actually slices, like, the wood paneling of the RV and she sees that he draws blood. And then she realizes that if she stabs the RV, it'll hurt him, like a horcrux, I guess. Um, so she starts stabbing at the paneling and stuff, and then, like, he lets out this huge demonic scream, and everything goes dark. And then... I have to assume that Samantha does not make it. Suddenly it's daytime again. There's two like dudes on motorbikes like drive past the RV and they like go and look inside and then, they like there's like beer in the fridge suddenly, like nothing's rotting anymore. Uh, There's fresh beer in the fridge. So they're like, hey, let's check this out. Um, And then the radio starts and the door like shuts abruptly. And like I said, this, this was the end roll credits. Like I said, I love when a movie ends with a little bit of dread with a little bit of like, we're back where we started. Um, but this one just did not do it well. So many things, so many things wrong that I did not like, and I don't know what I was expecting, but it fell short, um, in pretty much every way. And the premise is just silly enough to be good, but just so many bad choices were made. Um, In the end, I don't know if I'd recommend either of these movies. Um, And I would love to know if there are good horror movies about a family road trip. Because obviously, like, the interpersonal dynamics of, like, being stuck with your family for a long period of time, paired with, like, the unfamiliar territory and the limited resources, like, that sets the stage for a perfect horror movie. And obviously, like, there are a lot of, like, family camping horror stories or, like, Cabin in the Woods stories, for instance, like I really loved The Strangers Pray at Night. And even though it's a sequel and bears very little resemblance to the original, I think it is really, really well done. And also it has Christina Hendricks. So I would recommend you check that out in lieu of Either of these two movies that I watched this week. Um, but if you want to talk about these more, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Freaks and Shrieks, just an in, not and Freaks in Shrieks. Or you can shoot me an email at Freak at Freaks and um but if you like what you heard please rate review subscribe share if you uh feel so bold um if not if you know like you still like what you heard i hope you'll at least tune in for a brand new episode next week next friday um till then bye